Welcome to Voices, a national award-winning podcast brought to you by the Seneca Valley School District. This is Jeff Krakoff. Today I'm with Christina Carmacy, who is a school counselor at Conquesting Valley Elementary. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So we're we're kind of just just started a new school year. Lots of things are happening with kids at, at all schools and all levels. Um, can we talk a little bit about uh, you know, the importance of parents just keeping in touch with their children and you know checking in and finding out what's going on? How important is it, and and how should a parent go about doing that? Yeah, that's such an important question. I think what's so interesting about this time and being a parent myself is that you know kids aren't the only ones who are anxious. Um, we're all anxious um, with all the um, changes going on in our world right now. And it's important to not only check in with your child's emotions, but also, you know, your emotions as well. Um, I go into the student's classroom throughout the year. And one important topic is how to calm down your strong emotions and just that, you know, the self-regulation piece. And as a mom and a school counselor, I always have to kind of think about, well, how am I feeling? And then how does that affect my interactions with the children? Um, so I definitely think you have to first think of yourself and how you're feeling before then you move forward and, you know, talk to kids. Um, but right now, um, even before the pandemic, um, around 2019, 2020, there was a, a term that was utilized in schools just to really focus on how do we work with children who are struggling with different traumas in their lives. And I think that term has kind of changed from 2019 because we could say so many kids have experienced trauma, maybe a loss of a family member, um, you know, something happening, a change in a family structure, like a divorce or separation. But now we're all experiencing trauma all the kids, all the adults right. and, you know, what that looks like. So the term that, you know, we use in school is trauma-informed care. And I think it's kind of neat to think about, well, how could we then transfer those skills that what we're doing in school with these children, you know, to, to the home. And, you know, one thing I want to think about is, well, how do I ask um, my child how they're feeling or how do I check in with them? What, how can I frame a question so that it's, yeah. it's helpful and I get the information that I want? So how important is it or is it not important to kind of do it at the same time of the day? Is it every day or do kids start to tune that out if the first thing they get when they walk through the door is, how was your day? Tell me about how it went. Yeah, right. And I am I'm do that as well. I think sometimes I get so excited to hear how the day goes for my own children. I'm like, oh, they have to kind of, you know, have that time to process it themselves. But and I think what we can maybe learn from what we do here in the school building, too, is just kind of set the tone. You know, when students come to our school there, you know, we greet them with a morning greeting. You know, we we're so happy that you're here, you know, and it kind of sets that tone. And I think that's definitely some, something that, you know, parents can do as well. Um, but we might have to just take the cue with how we respond by really observing our child, you know, how does, what does their face look like? What does their body look like? You know, and, and take those cues, you know, from the child. Um, but and, and to your point, your own cues, I never really thought about that, but if you have something going on personally or at work, that's making you anxious, probably not a good time to start a conversation with your children about school, right? Absolutely. Because, you know, you're not able to respond in a way that, you know, right. that's helpful to them. 
Um, but just that sense of just asking questions um, and I think really engaging them to talk about how they feel or what happened in their day is, is really healing um, emotionally. I know when I'm struggling with a situation, how, um, how, how wonderful it feels just to share my emotions, even if the person I'm talking to can't, can't solve anything or do anything about mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm telling them, you know, just the experience of sharing what's on my mind, right. it, I'm cathartic. Okay, well, we, we also all know that for children to succeed in school, being organized, whether it's time management, mm-hmm. whether it's the place where they're studying and, and yeah. doing school-related activities, do you have any tips to share with parents how to, how to make the environment and the timing the best it can be for their kids? Yeah. Absolutely. Routines are so important for every child, especially developmentally as an elementary student. Mm-hmm. Um, so just having the routine of, you know, when we're doing homework is important. And honestly, it takes the stress off of the child and the parent because it's something it's just it's going to be become a routine and just done rather than saying you have to do your homework. Now you have to do your homework. Now, if it's, if it's a routine, it's an established agreement that this is when we're going to do our homework. Right. So I know right now, you know, we're, we're at the early September, all of the activities are just starting. So really take a look at your schedule. Okay, what days can you do homework when you get home from school? What what days can you do your homework after this activity? And if there's changes in, in that schedule, then communicate it. Um, but you okay. also mentioned too, just places, you know, to study. And I think that's important too. Um, just that stable environment of where to get your work done. I know I run some different study skills group with the kids here at CVE. And one thing that we talk about is just having that set study space. And what that does for kids is eliminate the um, disruption and the inability to focus because you're working on an assignment and then, oops, I need to get some crayons or markers or pencils. And it's really neat to have all of that right there so that you're prepared for anything that the assignment may ask. Give any suggestions? You know, I'm not thinking of going completely feng shui here. Yeah. I mean, as far as size of room, lighting, you know, what's in the room? No, any tips? I think, I think that you can make any space a good study environment. So many houses have different structures. I know in my own home, we don't have our own, you know, space for homework. So we just kind of have to do it on the, um, on our, you know, kind of kitchen table area. And I just have a basket for school papers. Mm -hmm. And then even, um, those little, um, caddy type things where you could put different supplies and that's been so helpful. So it's really neat how you could just make any space, um, functional, just as long as you have everything, you know, organized where it needs to be. And I was even thinking too, on top of just the simple, you know, uh, pencils, crayons, markers, maybe even adding some like note cards um, for study skills, um, highlighters, different things that they could use to make um, studying um, more productive. All, all good suggestions. So now that we have the the home kind of figured out, what about in the school with elementary? students especially sometimes they're not as assertive don't know what to do where to go so something happens yeah. uh whether you know they they fall down and hurt themselves or emotionally something's going on or they don't know something they need to know during the school day do you have any tips or things that parents can consider to getting students to be better advocates for themselves Yeah, actually, I love that you use the word assertiveness. It's definitely one of our key terms that we focus on every school year. It's actually in our counseling curriculum within the schools because it's such an important um, topic for students. Um, When when we talk about assertiveness in the schools, you know, when you're assertive, 
you um, ask for what you want and need in a respectful way. And that's sometimes hard to do, you know, communication is really on a continuum. So we start with being, you know, passive on the other end, it's being aggressive and where we want kids to be is this assertiveness. And, you know, when you're assertive, you are able to understand your own needs with, while also taking into account other people's needs as well. So it's this great balance between, um, you know, having, um, self-confidence, mm-hmm. but also, you know, empathy for others. So when you're assertive, you know, you, you don't, you could utilize good eye contact. You recognize the need for, you know, decent personal space. And before I go through my list of topics, you know, this could be what for when children are talking to other children, if they're having an argument or a disagreement or, or adults, um, utilizing a voice that can be heard. So when you're passive, you know, you're not speaking in a tone that people take you seriously or could really right. hear and you. But if you're too loud, then people are going to kind of tone you out and, you know, assume that you're yelling. So you have to find that good balance in um, the volume of your voice, use clear, concise language, um, and then most importantly, allow, you know, if it is a disagreement with another peer, um, allow time for other people to share their thoughts and ideas as well. Okay, what if an adult needs to be involved, especially with kindergartners, first graders, this is all new. Do you have any suggestions just how to make that decision? Do I talk to a teacher? Do I go to the principal? Well, what's the thought process in the mind of an elementary student? Well, just being in the classroom, I know many teachers really try to um, foster that independence of kids and that assertiveness. So one typical role a lot of teachers have is to ask three and then me or to ask other students first if you need help, then me. And I think that kind of is nice because it enables them to know that you know, I could be a problem solver too, right. you know, and, and kind of to really think about how do I grow as a problem solver or, or critically think, okay, what do I need to get this job done? And of course, you know, every adult in this building is here to help if, if needed. Um, so then it's, it's, it's actually a practice skill in, in the elementary, which is a lot, you know, they're learning to do um, academics in elementary, but so many life skills as well. Right. Great point. Now, what if I'm a parent? And there's something going on or I'm sensing something might be going on with with my child or young adult. Um, How do they make the decision? Do I talk to a counselor? Do I talk to an administrator? Do I talk to a teacher? I think. I think where you always want to start first is that classroom teacher because they have eyes on your child all day. And then the classroom teacher will be a great contact to then make the referral to the school counselor, administrator, whatever step that you need next. But because that classroom teacher is with your child all day long, that's the perfect first um, contact to make. Yeah, great point. Great point. So this was Christina Carmacy, who is a counselor at the elementary level at Conoquesting Valley. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. You had some great information that I know a lot of parents can use and and put to use with with their kids who are students. And uh, have a wonderful rest of the beginning of the school year. Thank you so much. All right, you take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.